Hey everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Convergence podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri and this is going to be episode number 22. Today's guest is director and concept artist Didier Konings, who over the years has worked on some of the biggest properties in the entertainment world. But today's conversation is focused purely on his recently released award-winning short film Uncario. We went into great detail talking about the various technical and emotional aspects of creating a film like this. He spoke about his directorial process and the things that have inspired him to make certain design and aesthetical choices for the film. As the listeners might know, it is a goal of mine to someday direct a feature-length film as well. So, it was a great learning experience for me personally to just listen and understand how somebody has gone about that process. and made such a big step towards that direction of ultimately directing a feature length film so i hope you really enjoy this episode learn a lot from it and let's go firstly congratulations on the absolute success of your short film man i mean oh, it has been thanks, doing dude. amazing yeah. and i remember you had teased it sometime last year and then i think i had messaged you asking when it will be released and then you had mentioned that you're going to be going through this short film circuit all over the world and couple of yeah, months the, down the line you know it's like best best film best director best producer like, wow <laughs> right yeah no it's been uh, overwhelming how it has been received like mm-hmm. that is always a um hit or miss right like you've been working on something cooking something up and all this time it's like your baby and then you release it in the world and it's like i don't know what's going to happen it's not mine anymore it's going to be like people are going to have their own interpretation on it or not or you know what i mean like yeah. and yeah running it first through the festival circuit is uh, has been successful so far like uh yeah like we've got a couple of awards and it's been smaller festivals for mostly like indie filmmakers but mm-hmm. it's 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 really cool to be part of that uh that scene right like um yeah to to see other films do and 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 the recognition and see what other people make it's it's been also very inspiring yeah yeah it almost um puts you in company with a different set of people as compared to just working on concept art for example because as soon as you go into filmmaking there are so many more parts involved so many more people required to execute something at that level right yeah yeah it's 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 definitely um in order to achieve this film uh, it's been juggling multiple hats mm-hmm. and it's been like since i was a young kid i've been dreaming of making my own films and stories and I have plenty of uh, old films that I can show, like VHS productions goes all the way back to there, with small DV tapes and handy cameras. And we were kids and just experimenting with trying to recreate either a film scene we saw, like uh, for example, The Matrix. We're like, ah, oh, that's holy shit! That <laughs> let's try that, you know. <laughs> uh, but like. also our own stories and our own kind of ideas and um 
yeah, just that that's where it all started for me, you know. Um, but well, sorry, I'm I'm just maybe going a little bit uh, off track of that's fine, what, that's what you were asking. Uh, but oh yeah, the the multiple hats uh, thing comes boils all the way back to that where from a young age you all you have is a camera and a, a couple friends who are as passionate and you're trying to make something and like everyone has to wear or be creative because there's nothing there's no budget or like you know so it's like oh yeah we'll do this there and we do that there and maybe if we film it that way and maybe in the dark and maybe we have, uh, for example, for a rain scene, we'll bring out the hose and we do those shots in the garden. Like there's all these kind of creative solutions mm -hmm. that derive from the lack of, um, of an endless amount of budget, right? Yeah. So I feel that has been still now these days, my belief system and mindset for, especially like the short films. Um, approaching it still in a similar way of like yes we have some budget now but um still let's try to like use it very efficiently and see where we have we can put it in and what we can do in in with more creative solutions yeah i guess it's all about maximizing whatever you have whether it's ten thousand dollars or a million dollars or whatever it may be but how best can yeah. you utilize that without wasting the money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, f I think that has also been shown in the in the film, the the recent short film in Cario, where um, where where the film looks more expensive than it actually was because of those solutions, and mm -hmm. also because I know some elements of of the matte painting techniques and i've experimented in the past with some visual effects things you know so there it is again like you know these techniques but how are you gonna uh put it into the film how, how where does it fit the best that more than anything we try to aim for doing everything uh as practical as we could with like real sets and mm -hmm. um yeah, we, we cannot do hallways and huge scenes and hangar scenes, you know, because that, once again, an idea like that is, is awesome and cool, but expensive. Mm -hmm. So we, we chose for a story um, to have the story be like almost this claustrophobic prison circumstance where there's small, small rooms and small places and then all you need is that one wide shot, which is the, 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 the establishing set extension shot that sells that the rest of the film so as an audience people are smart enough to connect the dots right mm -hmm. they see one wide shot and they're like oh yeah that that must be all the time around this character uh, but it's just this you know that's amazing the close so that's amazing. yeah we've, we've been playing with those ideas um yeah so i mean i have yeah. so many questions i mean about your earlier concept art career as well as the film yeah but yeah. since we are on the topic of the film let's go a bit deeper into that can you just describe the film for those who haven't seen it yet and uh, maybe for those who have seen it but they want to know from the director itself of course yeah no th thanks for asking that um yeah, it's, be it's been a journey uh of, of where that film started 
it, it started by myself as a concept artist you you know the techniques to express your vision that's in your head into a visual medium which is a super handy tool mm -hmm. to have um, since we're, we're talking about the visual medium film right and so that started with the idea of that I um, before I was doing a lot with concept art as a career I had the uh, the the passion as a kid what I said to like make stories and like film uh, like actual life action uh, and, and then I moved into concept art and uh, but you always work for another uh, director, producer, studio that has their own vision and you, you just do the best of your abilities to serve that, of course, mm -hmm. right? So, but I always felt that itch of like, I need to like do my own thing uh, and, and, and like express my full artistry into one project. and. So I I I I, I rewoken up of like yeah I I want to um, jump back to directing and like uh, coming up with a story and visuals to like in the form of the short film. Um, so the short film is about the 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 price of freedom. So it is about, it's a it's an abstract mostly visual poetic kind of a film which was my goal with the film that I wanted to have this film almost be a silent film. So everything is mo mostly like, I would say 80% told the story like visually. So there's almost no dialogue in, in the film, um, which I felt was interesting in terms of the, the kind of disconnection that people start to have now with like, um, with like that we're all like connected but still the human contact is 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 getting further away mm -hmm. um so there's those kind of themes and uh the fact that so in the film like to explain more a bit about the setting um mankind has basically destroyed and ruined and exploited the earth so much that um we're not able to live there anymore so the uh, mankind is now, or or what is left of it is, um, has been surviving on the moon base, which is like a small place that is slowly also falling apart. So it's it's literally we're at the edge of extinction, and um, yeah, this one character has these visions and dreams about this super lush world, um, and but he has never been there. So but that idea, the call of um, the awakening of that is, is driving him into such a, um, yeah, a path that he needs to see it, you know. And then when he goes there, spoiler alert, um, he figures out that this, we're not welcome there anymore. Like mother nature has turned its, uh, its, way, its way to uh, mankind. Like it's in the form of this hot kind of, um darkness it, it's um it's portrayed as a as a like a lightning that always knows where you are and tries to search for what's left life-wise so there's 
no plants, no nothing. It's just a, a black wasteland of mm -hmm. just black sand and stuff. So that's why we chose to film the exterior shots in, in Iceland, which was a really cool adventure. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know if that fully explains the full scope. I would say check the film out if you haven't. Um, but I, I also don't want to spoil too much for yeah, the people yeah, that haven't seen it. But um, yeah, that, that's basically how it kind of started. And um, yeah, what the film is about uh, briefly. Yeah, I think that gives a good enough context for those who have not seen the film. Right. Yet, you know, yeah. just to understand what it's about. Of um, course. Yeah, cool. Something that I found quite interesting was, I mean, just now when you described the fact that the earth in that universe is also quite desolate and there's no plants, no living organisms. It almost feels like the moon itself, but on earth. Yeah. Know? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's actually, that's an interesting approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the, the contrast eventually what I wanted to look up to is once again, with the concept, the price of freedom, mm -hmm is that at the beginning of this film uh this person is stuck in this in this room and it's it's like a prison right um and eventually he's free but yeah. here it is the price of freedom to be free he has to lock himself up back again but this time in the form of of his backpack that is able to expand into like this small little coffin space uh, that's why in the design process, I really pushed to have the room that we start off in uh, to have the same design language as the the pot that he eventually needs to survive in. So the window, the round window he sits in at the beginning of the film mm -hmm. is similar to the, the round window he's able to look through uh, in that pot. Um, and the colors as well, like internally, the, the purple lighting and all those kind of things. And, and the circle also has a symbolic meaning of that. Um, it, it represents the moon, it represents the earth, it represents um, that in a circle form, there's no beginning and end. So that kind of um, is the eventually the, um, the time loop this character ends up in. Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that people need to see the film to understand. Yeah, of the course. Yeah, it sounds cyclic. very abstract. Yeah, it's like the cyclic yeah, nature yeah. of the movie itself. Um, yeah, yeah. So many yeah. questions. I mean, let's start from the beginning. Um, how long back did you actually write this story? The Like where the story started? Yeah, I mean, like in terms of, was it like one year back or two years back when you had this idea of a movie ah. that you want to make? Um yeah like i always felt the urge to to sh to make a story where people eventually would walk away with hopefully mm -hmm. the message of what would happen like what if we wouldn't take care of the planet the way we do now like if we are forced to move away and live live for example on the moon or on mars and like earth is this desolated place it's such a sad thing right in contrast with all the, the lush and recently too i watched the bbc documentary it was from uh, david attenborough mm -hmm. um and 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 he made this prediction too because 
for like as long as he's been doing this journalistic like the he's been doing his work for for the bbc and stuff he's been able to up close um analyze where where uh where the planet is going to like in a line and it's a downward spiral unfortunately like a lot of animals have extinct a lot of green um land has been exploited uh global warming and, and those kind of things like um it's a real thing you know and it's mm -hmm. if you continue on that line like shockingly enough like my film was already made but the way he presented how earth could be if you continue that line um it's close to to my film and i was like god wow it's crazy like how like plant life would eventually die out because the the atmosphere is going to be so uh, terrible and stuff for it to survive. So, um, but how I the idea for me like started with that message that I felt like just let's instead of telling the audience and warning them what would happen, let's put them in the shoes of someone that is experiencing the world, how it can be if we, if we don't take care. And um, I feel that hopefully, hopefully it's, 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 it's making some kind of thing loose in someone's mind to like be okay, be a bit more aware of, um, yeah, it, it's, it's that message that drove me to this idea, right? Um, and, and of course, like films that I've seen around that time really inspired me for the, the realism. For example, uh, the film The Revenant came out. Okay. Uh, great film. And I was such a fan of how uh, um, Chivo, like Emmanuel Lubisky, or I, I'm sure I uh, do not pronounce his name correctly, but uh and Alejandro Inuritu uh, like the the way they made that film in real circumstances and uh it's it has been inspiring to, to me and these long shots that allow you as an audience to be there and the, these wide lenses so it feels like our our how our vision kind of is right so it's it's tapping into a kind of realism kind of cinema to me and I felt that was a really cool approach for what I was aiming for with the, the cinematography of the film and the, the kind of direction to, to help selling that idea of putting the audience into the, the shoes of, of really how the, that can feel. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I mean, especially when dealing with these kind of topics, it's so vast, right? I mean, you could show the same film or the same message as like a much bigger shot or much wider in terms of the moving parts that are happening in the scene but you chose to really showcase one single person's point of view and that really yeah. narrows the scope down in terms of what people feel right yeah yeah and it's a concept of that and also the the budget of course which mm -hmm. plays hand in hand you know like you, you have to like i cannot cast like uh, 50 people and, and, and always ask them to show up at a certain time like <laughs> and it was cool too with the actor uh, Leon Van Was who's from Amsterdam mm -hmm. uh, and he's a good friend of mine and 
he, he has always had the opportunity to play smaller roles in films, which is cool. Like um, another film he did was before this one was Brimstone, uh, which has Kit Harrington in it and Guy Pearce. And, oh. uh, but he's, he played a small role, but it was so cool for him to, to be in such sets and to be part of that in a way. And it's uh, from a Dutch director, Martin Kohlhofer. Um, but it's it's a really cool that this this Dutch film is 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 grabbing towards um, like a more uh, Hollywood slash American approach with a, like a, a known cast and mm -hmm. stuff at, at big sets, which is not that known for like Dutch films. But um, he was part of it. it. Was really cool. But I I just kept saying to him um, like that I really wanted. To shine a light on his talent and uh, give him the opportunity too, and and that's something I uh, strongly believe in, like to to bring in talent, to bring in people that are as passionate, you know, and give them the microphone, give them the spotlight, and allow them to do and participate uh, with me in the same passion and create things together, and uh, it, it's been such a cool. That, that to me is so important you know that yeah. when you that you're all enjoying what you're doing as a, as a team and that you share that passion that it's part just, i mean yeah. that part is so important right because it's just a small <clears throat> team of people who are doing it and it's not like you're getting paid millions of dollars to show up no. so you really need to be invested in what you're doing especially the team that you build around you because it's your story so you're obviously going to be quite deep into that but the people involved the actor especially, I mean, I thought he did a phenomenal job because there were no dialogues oh, yeah. or very, very minimal sounds. So he had to just convey all the emotions through his expressions and his eyes. Exactly, yeah. And he did a brilliant yeah. job. Oh, he, he's a star with that. So that's why it was also perfect for the role. And yeah, he's, he's so, yeah, it, you just let him do his thing. And mm -hmm. it's like, I, and that that's to me too, that I have such a great time to be away from the art and painting, you know, uh, and, and be there on a set and then you you have the real set there the actor is standing there the cameras are rolling the sound and he's doing that thing and then it's like your design that you sketch is becoming more it's becoming alive and mm -hmm. then smoke comes in you know and it's just I'm like ah wow this and then he does something that i could never come up with with his face or there's, there's a happy accident, if you will, happening that I'm like, wow, that that's, yeah, now we're all plussing on top. Everyone, it's all combined together. It's chemistry, mm -hmm. right? And uh, yeah, that's been so inspiring to me. That is always the moment that I live for, that moment, you know, that it all comes together. So what kind of discussions were you having with him? Like, I mean, how did you tell him to approach the character or did he just read the script and just imagine what that person could feel like. Yeah, so I, I always try to, um, like in, in the thought process, like we talked a lot about our vision of what I just shared to you, the message of the film, and he felt strongly connected to that message. And um, we also looked at reference of like how people would be or what people would do or kind of how people would walk that are not like socially uh, connected uh, this person is choosing to go in a different route than the rest 
like everyone is in this world is like sheep following the system and he is choosing another route since he had these vivid dreams and visions so um like through his hair and growing out his beard and the look at losing weight for him to rejecting the food and the pills that he had to live on there um yeah that that was all part of the preparation of uh of of making this character and and once again like uh like practicing before the set to, to make sure like um that that's something i learned from this film which was that normally uh, he would do his acting in front of the camera then the whole crew would be focused right but when it's not there when the tone is not right or which can always happen like you're looking for a specific moment and uh nine out of ten times i'm like um going for for different flavors we always call it flavors or options if you will so that way in editing we can still steer like what would fit the best so uh one take is for example he he looks very intense and then okay i feel like we got that one that one works i'm happy with it and then the next one is like okay let's do one that is less intense so we have that flavor too so we can we can dial in the right take if in editing right to to give that control there um but the the other thing i learned was when you're not getting the the right vibe or like when when you need to sit down again it's better not to burn the whole crew and i i learned my way that i said to everyone okay take a five minute break you guys just hang and then i'm spending now one-on-one very intimate like a moment with this actor to discuss and to sit down and to go through the right emotion and then when i feel yes that's it that's 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 the right frequency we mm -hmm. have to tap in bring back the crew record it and that's it amazing you know what i mean like otherwise it's like ah uh, do another take do another take do another. and then you have easily eight takes and the film is burned up like not that we're shooting on film but it's still we're talking about data yeah and um yeah it's like you rather keep things efficient and and the crew active you know if the crew feels like ah oh, we're not getting it after eight takes like you start to feel like hmm okay let's let's um let's dial back and come back to it then and i feel like that that uh i, I really felt that that was a great learning curve for for this film so you yeah. you seem quite methodical in this manner where you you know when exactly to give a break to the crew so speak to the actor come back restart the process was that like that from the very first day or is that something that you learned over time while shooting I, the film it was like um i like i worked with the producer of the film Mauricio he has a bit more experience so he's been an amazing mentor but also a life mentor for me like it with with a lot of things so he and i like actually started off the ideas and like and really like moving things into place of building the set in the garage and all those things uh but yeah he 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 noticed that out of his experience he gave me that tip like hey maybe like try this you know like maybe that that's a good approach so we can keep things even more efficient i was like great that's amazing like 
because you're so busy in uh, the process of, of the story and the, and the film and you want to capture it. So you're so passionate about it. But those things are also part of that kind of um, routine. So I think on, on day two, uh, we were like, okay, yes, uh, we're now doing it this way. And, and that so far has been like perfect. Like that really helped keeping the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, these are like great insights, man. I mean, I, I want to understand a bit more. You have gone from being a concept artist to a director now of live action film. How has that transition been? Because this is something that I'm looking forward to doing as well down the line cool. in my career. Yeah. Once again, I, I can't wait to see your short, man. That's oh, really you. cool that like it's it's definitely like I have so much respect and I've always been inspired by the people that have a career, uh, either it's this or that, or in, in your case or in my case, like doing art and, and design for a living, but taking that extra time and effort to spend into a passion project. Like a lot of people might do that too, but give it up or, we, or it never shows the daylight because they lose the passion along the way. But the consistency, the consistency of, of, of keep going and believing in it and, and actually finishing it, making it to the finish line. That is, that is to me like uh, awesome to see if, if people succeed in that. And, um, yeah, for myself, it has been a journey and definitely a challenge too, you know, to find that time. It's, it's really hard to, after a long day of work, to like sit down again uh, <laughs> behind the drawing table to come up with yeah. an additional passion project, you know. Um, but man, yeah, once again, I can't I can wait to hear more about your field and process too. Um, uh, that it, it's been once again super inspiring to see uh, to see that yeah I mean I think you can relate with this as well like you were just touching upon this where you work the entire day and you come back and sit on the drawing table once again it's almost like a sec yeah. second day that is starting another yeah, shift yeah, yeah, of work yes. basically and I mean <laughs> yes, there's nobody around you right you just have to sit there by yourself and do the work um, yeah yeah it is but it's also calming, right? Like it also gives you energy back. Like I felt for for some time in my career that it takes energy, but I felt when I was either building the sets or designing it on my passion project, uh, that just gave me energy, even though it, it cost me additional energy on top of the, the long day I already had, you know, but it gave me energy because I felt like we're working on something big and it's it's your own vision your own like there's no um so many cooks in the kitchen and the deal of like perhaps a lot of money that has been burned on these big hollywood films which i've seen and it's it's um yeah you, it's 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 cool to like to to um to build yourself that rocket that eventually can can go into space, you know, Absolutely. and just make just building that for yourself is is allowing you to have an additional opportunity, you know, on top of uh, a, a a cool career, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, 
And I mean, you were already working on some truly big projects while working at Aaron Sims, and you've pretty yeah. much worked on all the big blockbuster productions. So what was the, I mean, how did you really motivate yourself to leave that behind and then jump into your own film production? Because there's far more risk involved. There's no guarantee that will actually work out, right? Yeah, no, I've, I feel there's, there's been uh, definitely now with, with the pandemic and, and there's been a shift where, um, well, actually nothing is a guarantee mm-hmm. if you think about it. You know, even though you work for a company or you work for a big studio, like they can fire you and something can happen with a film or like I've seen with Mouse Guard, like uh, that was being bought up by Fox. Uh, There was been a lot of artists that were working on that. This project was one of the best projects I was involved in really inspiring stuff on a daily basis and it was so cool what the other artists were doing and like working closely with uh, the director Wes Ball and the production designer and like you felt involved and you you've seen the ship being built Mm -hmm. which is the film you know so but then Fox and, and Disney there was this circumstance where Disney bought up Fox and they they had different ideas and they from one or the other day, they canceled the whole film and yeah. it was just gone. And then the whole office was empty at Fox uh, for what I've seen. And it's not a guarantee either. You know what I mean? So it can always happen. So I feel the now I have my own studio here in LA um, for art and, and doing design. It, I feel more in control because um, it's just me. That's true. I'm not dependent on, on, on a boss or anyone else. So I feel currently uh, super happy where I am and where I've been able to land right now. And it also as a freelancer, it allows you to, uh, to design your own schedule and make it in such a way that you can, which we talked about uh, just a couple of minutes ago, that you can instead of finding the time you can design the time to work on your own projects and to like work hard on on a couple projects for clients but then maybe pick one month where you fully uh plan in that month for your personal things mm-hmm. uh, that um yeah like taking a month off of work that's hard sometimes you know if you want if you can establish that with with a studio but if you're in control yourself that's great too and uh, from a financial point of view there's also things possible now at least for how things are in in my circumstance now that uh, like that the budgets for your your own projects or your own films uh, like it's very simple like eventually it boils down to okay am I gonna like pay taxes on this amount or am i gonna uh, spend this money that i've earned through the company am i gonna spend it on short films or internal project productions and stuff i've seen like uh, smaller studios doing that too like fender and, and it's also inspiring me to to um to build that system financially and 
that allows you to slowly build up momentum in that way, uh, which boils down to the point of that with Ontario, it, it was a truly 100% passion project that I funded myself from the, the money that I earned. But now I can finally say that, okay, um, I want to make sure now that I can at least pay artists. And if people are involved, that there's that additional level that besides the passion and besides that people want to be part of it, which is always great. But I always like to make sure and take care of uh, everyone involved, you know? Yeah. It also allows you the freedom to bring on more talented people onto the project to push the quality. And it, it, it's in the end an investment because it's if you invest in that, if you invest in talent and embrace that, um, that what you get back is, is great quality too. You know, it's the film becomes better and people are more motivated. And um, yeah, it's just part of that, that whole uh, pro- process, you know. So yeah. this this first film, Uncario, how long did it take to actually shoot the film? How many days were you on set? Um, I think it was two weeks in the garage, which we did all the interior scenes that take place on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like for a full week, it was just the room of the main character where he lives in. And then in the same garage with the same elements of that room, we rebuilt it, that into... The, the canteen and into the, the hallway scene. Uh, and then with, with set extensions, which we carefully planned out before, um, yeah, we were able to make that happen just with that one space we had. And, and then uh, we went to Iceland, which was one week, uh, which was an absolute race against the clock. Um, but what really helped is something that <clears throat> not to fully drive uh, off topic here but to build this film in pre-production like we started off with uh, i don't know if you're familiar with this term i'm sure you are with the uh, ripomatic so um i'm not quite familiar maybe you could explain yeah it, it, it it's a slang term for basically a previous but then oh, okay. what you're using is um is you're actually not it's a stage before you start to draw or before you start to block things out yourself. It's what you're using as material from other films or shots from uh, things, or you shoot something real quick, quick, like super rough. And that allows you to basically sketch with, uh, with shots. And uh, yeah, there's been like hundreds of films we mix together and that it's, it's in every shot is a different character. But if you just imagine that character being the same character from your film and, and you're just focused on the flow of the film, the feeling, and obviously I take away all the sound and dialogue and I put something under it, like a, a rough score or like something that feels in the right mood. And basically, we have a version of our film which is made out of those that kind of a construction, and that allows us to actually already feel and experience the film how it could be. And then when we found something that worked, because with with these uh, 
because it's so rough, you can easily take away a shot or you can take away or insert back another angle or uh, replace the sound here and there until you have something that is substantially good enough for you to be happy. And then uh, after that, that, that Ripomatic version, I showed to the, the core crew of the film uh, with my pitch and my idea. And they were like, dude, yes, we can see it. You know, like, yes, we can feel what this could be. And it's awesome. Like it's, it helped not only motivating everyone, mm -hmm. but it helped giving us a blueprint of the later stage, which is then the previous, which we actually made. We converted the shots that we took from other films into our own shots uh, with our own cinematography and, and visual language. And then we um, we we the, that split it then in two. So we had the moving storyboards in previous, and we have the storyboards that uh, which allowed us to give us a shot list and like a really good understanding what we need. Um, so back to how long it took on Iceland, it was just five days, which was a race against the clock. But we felt very comfortable in getting it because we have thought everything out. Like literally we blocked every shot out and we knew exactly how it was gonna feel and how the edit would be. So That's, I always, wow. uh, yeah, I always make the analogy of, um, and this might sound abstract to people, but <laughs> I always make the analogy of, uh, imagine you have to make a, you have to bake a cake and you have to rush yourself to the supermarket that is closing in five minutes. Uh, there's a big difference that if you need to get all your ingredients to successfully make the cake, if you have a shopping list. If mm -hmm. you have a shopping list, you have time to maybe stand in front of the sugar and be like, mm, uh, yeah, okay, I definitely need sugar. I know that it's on my list, but now I can choose and pick the right one. And then you go to the flower and then, oh yeah, this is the one I need. Or, oh, wait, there's a gluten-free person here. So let's grab that too. You know what I mean? <laughs> you come home and you have all your ingredients and you can start baking successfully. And I've seen that going wrong too, like in, on bigger films and on like smaller films where it's like, you only have one shot. Like when we go to Iceland, we had five days that I could afford of booking something where we could all stay and sleep and, uh, and people had to go back too. So with that shopping list, if you will, um, gave us a super clear vision, but it also gave us a lot of focus. So I knew what we had to bring back home. I knew what ingredients we needed, which shots and stuff. Um, but knowing that and having that into place allowed me to really focus on the actor. I love the fact. Of, uh, I, I love the fact that you're emphasizing so much on the planning aspect of it because yes, too often yeah. people just go into the romantic idea of shooting a film where I'll just go mm -hmm. with the camera and we'll figure stuff out on the day. Yeah, but it really doesn't work like that. You need to know everything that's happening as yeah, much as possible. No, I, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I firmly believe in that and it has been paid off super well. And we, we actually came back with additional shots that oh, we had oh. the time for because of that. Or like I said, we were able to explore different kind of options for the edit. So we knew we needed that shot, 
we already got it and we nailed it. Uh, we we said we got it in the can, mm-hmm. right? As a, as a slang term. As soon as we had it and we were like, okay, cool. We, we have some like five minutes to do another version of it. So let's have the actor play it a bit more like this or let him come up with his approach or like, hmm, perhaps we could do this too or this could work or that allows it to be once again, even more creative on the set while you don't have to like stress of like, oh my God, I don't know if I have enough to tell my story when we're home with the edit. But I, I feel like for some directors or filmmakers, it works. They they create their film in the edit, but they, they also have bigger budgets mm-hmm. and they have the time and, and money to afford that or to go back to the set or maybe rebuild the set after it has been torn down and then reshoot it. Some films have done that and I've seen that and I feel like with that same money you could have made another film easily (laughs) and I feel especially making short films super indie and super low budget uh, I feel I would highly recommend people to to build your film in pre-production and and plan as much out as you can because that gives you in the end more creativity in pre-production but also more room and space on set Um, yeah well said i think a very large aspect of why your film looked let's say costlier or more expensive than it may have been was the sound design and just the ambience of the film itself how did you go about designing that because it was never over the top you know trying to make it feel like a science fiction movie or something like that it was just like a natural (laughs) tone that was developing over time Oh, cool. Yeah, it's awesome that you noticed that. And, and a lot of people speaking of film were also always talking about visuals, right? But sound is maybe even more than visuals mm-hmm. because it just plays so much in our heads and, and plays on the mood and feeling. And uh, so the whole film, we actually did not record it sound on set. Everything was made um, because we also wanted to keep it fast and efficient and the crew super small. Mm-hmm. I wish it would it would have been nice, of course. I, I mean, but it 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 was just it wouldn't be efficient, like with with the shoots and the weather in Iceland, uh, to have a sound person also. Uh, it, it it would have simply taken too much time, and we were confident enough that because this film didn't have dialogue, it, that we could cons- reconstruct some of the foley and um, the 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 whole space because it's in a garage too like yeah it doesn't sound like a hallway in a moon base right so we had to do all those things in post um but uh the 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 composer of the film sebastian romero which is a good friend of mine we were like friends since high school oh wow and uh, we, we were both doing like animation and he split it off towards more like music and I split it off towards more like film and uh, and art, and uh, but it was really cool. We always remained friends, and uh, to bring him back on board, since we 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 so connect on so many levels. So he like his score really also made the film like for what it is, and he, but he also did the sound design and uh, the soundscapes and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of recordings and. 
he did even some of the foley with his clothes and a leather jacket in front of the microphone on those things that it's yeah it works it, it's uh it worked that way yeah it's fascinating um, i mean uh yeah. when we actually listen to the film we don't realize what all tricks might have gone into generating those sounds so it's interesting when you describe it like this now yeah and it, it a lot with edit it, it functions as a glue that allows shots to really connect together so when you have this wide visual effects shot this wide shot um and then you have the real set it's it's at a totally different place so how do you connect it together with sound like hearing the same voice in the background or the same doorway opening um also lets you believe ah this is still the same room we're part of um yeah one of the other scenes which was just one day of shooting was in a uh that was in a flight simulator in amsterdam like somebody who was super nice that uh in his house he gives classes to like uh pilots okay that learn to fly and he used to be a pilot himself but he's now like uh older and he just likes teaching people right so he has this he owns this whole flight simulator like at the down floor of his house it's super tiny small extremely small but it is a replica of like a uh, an air, aircraft and it looks so cool like with all the buttons and mm -hmm. things and he has a, a projection half dome around the windows for people to also see the the simulation right of like how it feels to like lift off and, and we tried it too <laughs> we cr all crashed <laughs> it's just like don't let me fly <laughs> but um I was able to hook up some projections there to like um, do that in a in a practical way, um, but that was just one day. But what was cool was um, I don't know where, where I was why I brought this up because you asked something real quick. I think we were talking about the music aspect of it, and then oh yeah, no sorry, yeah I, I yeah thank you. I know why I brought this up. So that was shot in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And the other shot where he walks towards the ship was shot in the garage in LA. Whoa. And that was like two months difference location wise, completely at the other side of the world. And yet in the film, it feels like he's walking in the same space mm -hmm. because of sound, sound design. Damn. Yeah, that was what I want to say with that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's quite fun. I mean, music plays such an important role. And I think from yeah. what I have learned over the past one year, working with my friends as well, who are making the music, initially, it was quite hard for me to describe certain emotions to them, because I'm not a person who knows music, as such, right. so to speak. Yeah. So yeah. how was that experience for you? Like, how did you describe the emotion that needs to be conveyed through music in particular shots? That is such a challenge. Yeah, I'm pretty musical myself. Uh, since, since I'm passionate about music, and like I, I love listening to film music uh, while I work. Sometimes, like when I do like an action scene, I put on more music that falls in that realm. Or when it's a more chill or sci-fi, I listen to like atmospheric kind of music to put put myself in the mood. Not always, but sometimes, you know. Um, but with that in mind, like, 
um, with Sebastian, the composer, like um, I was able to like share some reference with him of the kind of sound I was after. Um, I don't remember there was this one moment of a soundtrack in um, um, a Constantine. So there was something about that sound that I felt was interesting for the film and uh, Game of Thrones, the Targaryen theme did something similar because it has something like mysterious and unknown and like uh, going for these uh, um, this more Middle Eastern kind of skills that for me have that feeling in it, the way the notes follow up mm -hmm. each other. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like uh, there is a, like a skill, uh, like a Finian or something like that, that has that mystery behind it. And I felt that was perfect for the, the earth as the theme because that just um, gave me that feeling of just this unknown planet but yet it's something ancient that that we used to live right um and i don't feel it just felt right it's more gut feeling kind of a thing so definitely references of things that i gathered that felt good but yet i'm not a fan of laying down the reference on top of the film itself I just shoot entire okay. um, pieces of music because I don't want people to fall in love with with a template that is going to be replaced or that we're, we're aiming mm -hmm. for something that is already in place. I want the artist to still be able to uh, to be free in that in that uh, sort of ballpark. Yeah. That's always a challenging thing, right? Because when we set up these temp tracks, they are like finished, refined tracks, which are already mixed and mastered and yeah. stuff like that. And when we're creating it from scratch, things are still taking shape. So it's easy to get attached yeah, to a temp is. track and yeah. feel like that's the direction yeah. to go in. Yeah, so I try to avoid it. Like, uh, But in some cases, it can help to, you know, to be really specific if you really feel like, ah, this is how it should be and feel at this moment. Um, yeah, and mm -hmm. I feel like what I discovered too with music, that directing a composer for me is more enhancing the performance of the actor. Like he already did a great mm -hmm. job, but for example, smallest things he was, uh, he was sitting like this, and then we were looking for a good beat for this character to take action. So he looked up a little bit like that, for example, and that's the, that's the exact frame, the exact moment we started to have the tones come up in a certain way. So that way the music is in sync with the, the actor and how the character feels. Um, so that way there's that language of sound and uh, visual, if you will, that, that start to play on each other. Mm -hmm. So did you, uh, let's say, plan in the edit itself where certain musical transitions had to take place or was that something that was figured out on the editing table? Yeah, that's always a tough one because it's the chicken of the egg, right? Like, so edits really mm -hmm. work if you already have music to really cut on the beats and stuff. But 
for this film yeah. it, it was a, a slow burned kind of sci-fi so very smeared out longer tone so we felt uh making the edit work first and then have the music uh the music follow the edit yeah but it i would say like if you have a fast action-packed kind of a scene for example like in the matrix where they um they have the shootout scene in that building before they get Morpheus, right? So I felt mm -hmm. like you could never edit that that scene without that track. You need that track. Yeah, it's like yeah. each cut happens to the beat. Exactly. So that makes a very yeah. good difference. Yeah. yeah, so it depends, you know. But for this specific production, uh, I felt like th that was the right way, that uh, the music would follow the, the visuals, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think let's talk a bit more about the design language itself cool, in yeah. the film. Your background is in concept art, so that's what you have kind of developed your skill as over the years. And so it must be great to firstly have that kind of control over the visual quality and the visual language that's yeah. coming into your film. Yeah, I spend a lot of time and also a lot of ideas while I was writing the story. Uh, I was simultaneously doing making the arts. Because sometimes I get mm -hmm. super inspired by one image or I can show that one image and someone is like, ah, wow, this, that makes me feel like this or that. So it was a very simultaneous project. And um, that kind of an approach really started to actually on a project I've done before this, were, uh, which is The Space Between Us. It's a film that uh, I graduated with at the Film Academy in Amsterdam. And during that process, uh, like I was responsible for the production design and the design of how the film was gonna look. Um, but I was working super close to Mark, who's the director and writer, and we were literally bouncing back and forth, which was really cool. Like he wrote something, I made something visual, what I saw, and then he was like, yeah, that's it. Or I made an artwork and designed something that I felt like would be cool for like a specific scene. And that's inspired him for the story moment, you know? So that was super fun. And I really wanted to bring that back for this film too, to like uh, do that process simultaneously. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, and one thing I think I had mentioned to you on chat when we were talking earlier, that the feel of the buttons and the screens, it all had like a very 90s or pre-90s kind of tech vibe to it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that cool. that look quite a bit. You didn't go like super deep into a very yeah. sleek, unrealistic kind yes. of sci-fi realm. That was yeah, we, we call it dusty sci-fi. <laughs> It's like a very mm, that's a good old sci-fi. For the story, it made sense because I wanted to showcase the, the last pieces of mankind crumbling away on the moon base. So mm -hmm. I wanted it to feel like a broken ship that is crumbling down. Uh, so things are rusty, things are dusty, things are not slick at all. Um, patched up, if you will. Uh, so that yeah. was for the story, but also like from once again, a budget point of view and me spending a lot of time in VFX, 
if I would go for a slinky kind of look, that would have simply made, I had to make more hours behind the computer making that work or work maybe with more blue screens because it was too expensive to build. And I wanted to get away from holograms because I felt like that, that kind of technology feels so, uh, it, it's not tactile. It's not something we can connect with. And I felt mm -hmm. with uh, with real screens and like old mechanical cables and that kind of stuff, like that feels like it's 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 there's more risk involved. It's not like oh this character has this special device and he can call for help at any time in a hologram. And this is all like oh when the cable's not connected, it's you're you're fucked, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good so way to I, I like that risk it. kind of part of the technology and uh, the re relying on the technology too. Like I feel if we go out and our phone is not fully charged, yeah, we. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if a lot of people would survive in a big city. You know, going back home or that kind of stuff. It, I feel we're losing the connection with nature and being able to survive or being close to that. So I felt in the film, like being relying a lot on the technology to survive um, is, is also like a theme that I, I wanted to address. That's and interesting. The technology in the film to not be slick or advanced is scarier if you have to rely on that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I almost felt like there were a couple of shots where the main character was interacting with the screen really up close, where the face of the character was quite close yeah. to the screen. To me personally, it felt like the screen itself was like a second character yeah. in that movie, you know, without being... A it hero. is, yeah, it, it is. It yeah, it, it's something that lured him into that journey. And it's in a way like this being that, that tricked him. You know, and it turned out in the end, spoiler mm. alert, that it was himself in the future. But that, yeah, there was something scary about that. You know, like the way we set up those shots and like, I'm, I'm a big Spielberg fan. So there's these small, like subtle kind of um, move in shots, dolly in, if you will, mm -hmm. to, on, on those things to really emphasize something is happening there and we're slowly creeping in on it and um yeah that, yeah that that was uh, definitely the kind of feeling i wanted to give it it's really cool that you notice it in, in that way yeah yeah i think the the kind of film that you've made it really hits home with the kind of stuff that i like i mean that classic like space yeah. horror ish yeah. kind of vibe that yes alien yes touch to it that yeah. that really shows through quite yeah, well cool. in the film. yeah it's really alien that inspired um yeah the matrix too like with the screens and the cables mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of that film like the how the nebuchadnezzar is designed you know um yeah yeah and, and the way he looked too like the, the falling apart like dirt and like the oil on a shirt that's like from the machineries and yeah i, I felt very inspired by those uh, those films to, for the for the look of the film and I, I also feel like a lot of short films um are specifically science fiction short films are made by 
science fiction fans who happen to have some visual effects skills, which is really cool. But I've seen a lot of mm -hmm. short films that has become a more visual effects exercise of like a cool hologram or a really cool VFX thing. There's also a lot of really cool short films out there that have embraced VFX, but that are also not relying on it with the story. But I definitely didn't want to rely on like a VFX trick. I wanted to definitely be the tool to tell the story. And um, yeah, going away from as much VFX as we could and do as much practical as we can, it was more fun to make and yeah. to be away from the computer actually, but also um, it, it made the film look more realistic and more gritty and uh, more uh, raw because the, it was a, a lot of real objects, you know, a lot of real walls and you felt there. And even the, the, the earth that you see through the window is not a blue screen. It is because the parking lot was so dark. We had a print mm -hmm. of an earth that was like this big. Like it, it was like, uh, I don't know, do you use meters or some? Okay, great, yeah, great. Yeah, you can use so meters. it was like one meter diameter was that planet. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's so big. we made that print and that we had a light behind it because it was printed on a certain material that allowed the light to come through it. And, and we've put that Amazing. on a tripod in the distance of the parking lot and that was the earth. And there was no blue screen, no keying. Wow. And, and what happened was that there is an actual plexiglass window was there with him reflecting in it and then the planet glooming mm. and, and giving a tiny little highlight on the finger stains and the scratches on the window and it becomes so real on film and that versus me keying away I mean it might cost his beard to be keyed a little bit away you know and so you can see that or we would have lose the the details of the window the, the texture and the smudges of the of the glass you would have lose that or maybe you would have had to spend a lot of more time to bring that back into your your shot and it probably still wouldn't feel as raw right and pretty yeah. as just i always say like if you fight against your plates you're you're fighting against reality you have to track things in it it, it brings a technical exercise that that's not what i wanted to do with this film like on a time level of me spending all that time again behind the computer and on a result level like i honestly feel the result is better and it has also been cheaper to make it this way because i didn't have to spend time or like maybe ask a friend that to, to help out on VFX because it's way too much load on my shoulders. Um, but yeah. I love the fact that even though you have the technical ability to do it, you chose to stick to real filmmaking in camera, let's say, because that you knew that that will give you a better result because it could be that you could have convinced yourself, hey, let's just do it in post and get it done with, but you chose to capture in camera and 
it shows yeah. through quite well. Yeah, and also for like matte paintings and a little bit of set extensions here and there, like to have a plate with the right values, with the right colors, the mm -hmm. lighting is there, the the like if I sample like a little bit of the shadow color, the local shadow color to be specific, and I use that for the painting, and I, I, I make the render in such way for uh, some 3D stuff. Um, that helped me so much as a, as a base that, that that is already in a really healthy spot. And then plussing on top of that is, is just allowing it to, uh, yeah, to work really well. That's cool. So you mentioned that you obviously funded this entire project by yourself. Um, I'm curious, were you working full time while this was happening or did you just save up money and then just quit <laughs> your job one day and start shooting? Um, no, at that time I was still working for uh, Aaron Sims Creative and uh, that was just during the days and in the nights I uh, started to construct this, uh, this madness. <laughs> and that, um, wow. Yeah, no, it was really cool, and but it also made me think that that was my path, no matter what. So mm -hmm. I already felt like, okay, like uh, I want to be able to continue doing this, but for the next couple films, yeah, doing it on a bigger scale. So me eventually uh, going away there and setting up my own studio and uh, allowing myself to like. Uh, planning more time for that um, is is all has been the next steps for my path here uh, in my career and um, yeah that that has been working out super well and I'm super happy where I am right now and um, yeah. So uh, um, what I want to also get a bit deeper into is you obviously moved from one career to another now and I presume that you're going to go far deeper into filmmaking and create bigger films from this point on. Um, but for somebody who's like starting to get into the job side now, how will they approach something like that? So with the job side, you mean specifically directing or art in general, like design? No, just art okay. in general because a, a, a majority of the audience will be listening to it are quite far away, let's say, to be able to direct their own films. But you obviously have that experience where you've done both the sides. So how, how do you kind of suggest they could approach um, something like that? Well, I would say for like what you definitely need as a, as a, as a jumping off point is some form of st st stabili stability. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which allows yeah. you to like uh, what you do as well. Like you have your work, you are a designer. And, like I'm currently making that switch or trying to like move into directing, but it is going to mm -hmm. be an automatic process. Uh, it's going to be like if it picks up and if the momentum picks up, then I automatically will flow in there. But if not, I will just continue on designing and uh, helping out mm -hmm. uh, on films with, with those kind of surfaces. Um, unfortunately, there is no uh, like an open seat somewhere for a director for the next film. Be like, oh, yeah, well, I think, yeah, let's do it here. 
But I think definitely if you make a short film next to your work or it, it can be a mm -hmm. two minute to like a five or a 10 minute film that allows you to give some additional recognition uh, on top of your art and uh, on top of your uh, career as an artist. Um, it, it, it's that where we started off with, right? It's that additional time and that yeah. additional energy that you put into um, a passion project. But once that's there, you have something super valuable in your back pocket besides your art and besides that, those skill sets. I think if you have mm -hmm. that finished product, that's something worth a lot. And I feel like there's plenty of examples of directors that have come or have started uh, in VFX or design that have gone through that same path where they did something on the site and that started to be seen. And it had something unique or there was something about it. And they like uh, the film industry nowadays too, like with streaming services kicking off, it, like they're looking for content and they're looking for fresh young talent with new ideas and uh, new visions. And um, if you can show yourself through that short project or, or that showcase in the form of like a, a short film or something that 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 allows you to uh and then it then it's a matter of luck then it's a matter of the right person the right mm -hmm. time um the right people and to to that are in need for someone uh young and talented that comes to the surface um yeah that is the luck part that is something that is will always be part of making that jump to such a position, mm -hmm. I feel, uh, yeah, that, that no one, there's no recipe for that, but there is definitely a recipe for working extra hard on your passion stuff and then launching it into the world. And then hopefully it's, uh, it, it, it gets seen, you know, in, in that way that it, uh, it can become more and therefore it can flow into a feature film and that becomes a success and then everyone is like okay that's amazing like with west ball like he made this short film full cg film as well ruin yeah. which i'm sure you've seen yeah i've seen and, that. And, that yeah that that process of him doing the first maze run and it being a super successful film and then boom doing three films and then uh yeah going off from there you know and um, it also is a great tool for you to showcase that you can direct or that you can do things beyond it's in this in a real it's a real by itself you know like where you can showcase additional skills of you being an artist uh, i don't know if that's a full answer to your question um I think I think it touches upon quite a few important yeah. topics. I mean, that aspect of working on your passion projects is such an important aspect because until you can fully fund yourself or I mean, if you're ultra wealthy to begin with, then it's a different question altogether. But for the average person, definitely having that two careers running parallelly will definitely happen yeah. early on. And yeah, yeah. the luck aspect is something 
tricky, right? Because that you can't control that, but what you can control is creating yeah. something. Yeah, and I feel definitely control. giving people the tip, like because I've now have experienced finishing that film, and it's 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 a very long film. It's twenty one minutes. Uh, yeah. Because my vision was to have a slow burned kind of a film, I wanted to bring back like the amount of time that audiences uh, wanted and needed for uh, films back in the 80s. Uh, now it's also rushed because we're all so used to fast media. You grab your phone, you scroll through your Instagram real quick and then up, you put it away. And, with music videos coming up in the 90s of super fast editing like we've now been more than ever be so impatient with media that um i wanted to go back to like taking time and allowing you to connect with a character and allowing you to like dive into this world and take the time and yes it took a lot of additional time because the length is longer but that yeah. was my vision for the film but i would definitely say that um starting off and uh, launching yourself off onto a passion project path going for something that is shorter allows you to maybe do more those of those projects like you were saying your film is around two or three minutes right well, the, yeah, it's it's about two two minutes. Right, that I'm I'm sure you can fill me in on this, but you've spent quite some time on that to be super quality quality full because it's so com compressed to those uh, mm -hmm. three minutes or or what was it again? Sorry, two minutes, but uh, it's <laughs> around okay. three it's, minutes. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, with yeah, credits yeah. and all that. So, uh, but. Yeah, so that allows you maybe to do that kind of film. Like, how, how long are you working on this? So the project started in August right. 2019. Yeah. But the reason it's taken this long is because for the most, for the entire duration, mostly, I was just of doing course. it on my laptop. Yeah. So the render times were like extremely right. long. Yeah. And the initial part, like, you know, it's a lot of research and development yeah. that goes into figuring out what exactly oh, that, that's doing. that's amazing so, that's even like an inspiring yeah. story by itself like the way you create things and creating it in such a way you know like you don't have render farms and mm. you're doing it on your laptop like that's awesome like that you're going such routes to to make it happen you know and it's it's like dealing with mm. what you have and it's really it's really exactly. awesome and like that's a great example so you started in 2019 it's now uh 2021 but so you worked on this for like one and a half year on the on the process right yeah you could say so i yeah. i feel like yeah. that uh like if you have if this kicks off and you have perhaps in the future uh attract things to you um hopefully i, I really hope that and that it allows you to maybe have a couple computers to do rendering so you can speed up the time That'll be right um, people yeah. will come on board like i saw that thing i want to be part of it so that, that will be amazing mm -hmm. so your next film could be like maybe in half a year or like a year you know at be yeah. definitely so being able to kick out a film like that every year if you will or every half year 
-hmm. allows you to then have like a library of a bunch of projects and then it's uh if you want to uh if you want to go for that to be picked up by as a feature or or something like that or sell that property to a studio eventually uh, like you have more chance and you also have the chance to learn from your current film because i'm sure like you've learned like i've learned a lot looking back at finishing it and things you mm -hmm. would have fundamentally do different that you can now do on your next thing and if that's a yearly thing every year you're gonna look every year back to your previous film and be like i've learned this from it and now i'm gonna take that knowledge and dish, apply that on your uh next film and um then it grows and it becomes better and better uh, versus like spending three years on a film that is longer. Uh, I feel like starting off and doing it that way, I, I definitely feel like I've learned that, um, that that would have probably be a smarter choice for me if, if I would, if I could reverse time and, you know, but uh so that's that's what I learned. Uh, so I could definitely share that as a message of people starting off. That's a great yeah. piece of advice. And I would I would also say I mean twenty minutes is a very, quite a long length of film, especially of an independent film yeah. that's being done. And I think it's like a big big kudos to you that you were able to stick through the entire process and finish it because that kind of length it's quite easy to give up midway yeah. and say i can't do oh this yeah anymore. no it has you know? been challenging i think definitely the last parts were the hardest because you, you feel mm -hmm. it's almost done and then letting it go like as a as a perfectionist i felt like ah this this could have been better this or that like before you let it go you want to make sure there's no like a little thing in sound that is off or or there is a um a noise, you know, the noise somewhere that is too much and it's like, ah, uh, it's polishing. You can do that forever. So at one point you have to let it go uh, yeah. and go to the next, you know, or, or, or take a year exactly. off and, and just and chill because that's important too. You know, I definitely would say to people as well that if you go for these extra hours and if you go for spending additional time on a passion project besides your job that plan in one day either it's sunday or monday or whatever if you can one day to do nothing to recharge mm. like i feel you could easily bird yourself out and i've been on the edge with this film and i discovered that if i plan in that one day very carefully of not allowing me to uh, to start my computer that day, not even look at my phone, like just be away from technology that one day. And, and uh, it, it can do a lot of magic for you to keep going on the long run. It's the same thing with uh, working out. It's like if you every day go to the gym and you do training and go out at uh, full in, that after two weeks, you're going to be so exhausted, you can keep going. But if you have like one day of rest, or you have like a pattern like that, 
you can go on for years like that, you know, because the, the, the consistency of rest and going and rest and going, that is super important for, to avoid a burnout. Yeah. That, those are great pieces cool. of advice. Yeah. Um, I know we've been going for a while and I don't want to take your time too much because it's getting late on your side of the world. No worries. Thanks. Um, but I have a couple of questions to finish up with. So after you released the film and it went through all the films, film festivals, have people started reaching out to you now after seeing what you've created and the entire team essentially to maybe take over? Yeah, so uh, when we were finishing, when we were in the visual effects stage of the film, um, I also was doing designs for the feature version of the movie. Uh, so we have an art oh. book now with designs of the feature film. And um, I worked together with uh, the screenwriter for this film. Um, she developed the, the feature script which has way more characters, way more narrative. Uh, it, it's a more human story, if you will, uh, but mm -hmm. still the same world and setting. So with that and the short film, so we have the art book, we have the short film, we have the feature script, uh, and we have like uh, like the director statement and vision of like how I see the bigger picture and why I wanted to make this film into the feature and all that stuff. That package we have um, is now complete and we have been presenting it the last year to like uh, people that we knew in the industry and like trying to pitch the idea and. Uh, also, with the short film now being out and going through festivals, we definitely had some people that have started to approach us that are super interested. And um, yeah, we had the project option for half a year, um, which with a respectful studio, um, but that ended because they were pretty young in the process and uh, they, they are still supporting us with our uh, bigger plans but uh, it's now up for option again. So we're, uh, there's a couple options that we could go for with, uh, with uh, two studios now, for what I can tell. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a long process, especially now in these times with COVID. And uh, it's like, yeah. it, with actors, like if you, if you want your film to be like you need to present part of the the package is also for investors for for a film that a cast is needed or like one star actor for example like if you can have Brad Pitt on your film like you have way more chance for the film maybe to like be be have a certain kind of um, return of the investment because it's just how it works it's it, it it's simply that a cast member or like a whole cast can definitely lure a, a big audience into a cinema you know but there's there's a shift now like uh with, with covid and also with streaming service i see there's a lot more opportunity and um you still there yeah okay yeah. cool yeah your your, uh, your camera was frozen for a second just want to make sure but 
Oh. Um, yeah, but that's that's the process too, and I'm still like uh, super early in that process and learning a lot too. But um, it's definitely super helpful that we've been working together with a lawyer to make sure that our paperwork and everything we see contractually is uh, in a good place. And I would highly recommend people to invest in those things if you ever go that route or be at that stage because um, yeah, it's we all work so hard on like passion projects and ideas and you want to make sure that no one is stealing that or like taking that concept that mm. is so unique and then you see it like it's like oh man it's uh well but yeah it, it happens you know and um so yeah you want to make sure about that aspect which is to me always the boring part because because i always <laughs> don't you know it like is, contracts and, but it's quite necessary yeah as well. it is it is so i definitely want to say like hire an expert that takes away that uh, boring part for you and it does that mm -hmm. and gives you the advice and uh, the ideas of like, yes, this, this is kosher or this is, uh, this might not be the right path or this is something that, uh, that yeah, it's really helpful for that process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we're super early on in, in that and, uh I can only say that I have my fingers crossed of the film being picked up eventually. Like I've, I've, I'm in love with the feature script, how it is now. Um, but we'll see like where it lands. Like I'm, I'm super excited. Um, and we have the website now for the film where people can subscribe. So we definitely want to make sure that the, the, that, people can follow us and um, that people can uh, also get updates on our feature film trajectory if that takes off. And right now we are also working on a, a documentary, like a small 15 minute or 10 okay. minute uh, vignette of how this film was made. Because to me, it's, it's I think, I love to inspire other filmmakers and sh sharing our story of how we made this film with such a low budget. And um, that, that is the, the core message I wanted to put into the, the behind the scenes. Um, I just love doing that, like give something back to, to younger artists or, or the, the community, you know, it's uh I also teach at the film academy in Amsterdam for uh, design work. At, uh, that, that's all through this way, uh, online. Uh, time difference too. So, uh, but it's super fun. Like if if I always am able to inspire people. Like I've been at the same spot where I've I've been looking up to people that have inspired me that were like further ahead and. Um, at, at being at an inspiration talk or workshop or something in those kind of things is uh, it's really cool. So once again, like, I feel it's super awesome that you do this, man. Like, um, this podcast, uh, it's, it's really cool to like shine a light on different artists and hear different perspectives and perceptions and of, of the, the industry. 
uh it's really cool really cool man yeah appreciate that i think not only for the community itself but i think for me personally it's been a great journey so far i mean talking to so many different artists and designers yeah. learning what goes into the mindset of creating something it's quite yeah. fascinating and i mean i can just see myself growing as an artist much faster just by having these conversations so true it's, it's like a great experience yeah no it's it's super fun man it's absolutely uh mm-hmm. it's great yeah so i think just the last question i want to know and this is something i ask everyone on the podcast do you plan long term in terms of 10 to 15 years ahead of your life or do you take it as it comes on a yearly basis um, how do you deal with it yeah i'm a big fan of living in the moment uh in terms of my daily okay. consciousness i really like to be present and enjoy like where i am at that moment like if i always live in the future i feel not present uh, yeah what is life it's a bigger question at that point but to me it is being mm-hmm. there um doing the thing and just working hard but um i definitely have my like benchmark goals uh, and I, there's one thing that I keep saying to myself, it might not result anyways, but it's just a thing that I keep saying that I just don't see myself sitting behind a computer in 10 or 15 years as much as I do now. Like I do a lot of hours, okay. like a lot of artists now, like behind 3d, uh, in Photoshop and it's great like doing this design work uh, but I feel like 10 years from now I don't know if I would still be able to do it I don't know who I will be first of all I don't know mm-hmm. how I would feel about it then I don't know if, if right. it would maybe be a complete shift in technology which allows you to generate art more real time which is a thing that is now popping up more which is really cool because i used to be so wrapped into technical stuff not seeing feedback right away which Mm -hmm. is it's like as an artist when you're like in the flow as you know like you want to see what you get and if you are working on vertices that are not well in 3d or like uh the, the, all those technical exercises and things that, that keep you out of the flow. I feel now with the shift of real time, it keeps you more in the flow and, and what you see, what you get. And I feel, but I don't know what the future will be, you know, like at 10 years. So perhaps there could be a shift there too, which made me rethink of what I would say now. But from a physical point of view, I feel uh sitting so many hours long and still behind the computer um i don't know if if i could like shift and mix it up or maybe like less hours and do more hours on set and working with people and directing like Mm -hmm. that whole social aspect to me is like i said it's so much fun when something happens on a set and things become alive at it becomes a thing by itself. It's uh, that to me is so inspiring that I, I'm trying to aim for that 
to be uh, more in my life. Yeah. yeah. What about awesome. you? I'm, I'm curious. Um, I would say it's quite similar to you in that regard. I definitely want to eventually start directing live action as cool. well. And yeah. I'm, I'm still like fairly new to the industry. So it's like a longer process for me to yeah. get to that point. But I'm slowly making steps in that direction to get to that point. Yeah. And yeah. then let's see what happens. Of course. Yeah. No, it's that's great. If, 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 if things don't happen, being dependent on uh, other factors, I always believe it creating your own worlds and your own stuff and eventually people come to you you know mm -hmm. that's great like with your exactly. project that you've been doing too i can't wait to see uh to see it uh entering in the world it's uh it looks yeah, very cool the the, the stills that you were sharing the, the the visual it's really awesome yeah. looking forward to that thank you so much yeah. And thank you so much for your time, Didier. It was really fun talking to you and learning so many new things. Likewise. So really appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Then have a great week ahead. And yeah, that's about yes. it. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'd we'll love to talk again, maybe in, uh, in, the, in the future, Absolutely. man. And uh, stay in touch. See, see how things go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll stay in touch and... I'm sure you'll, I mean, eventually the full feature length film is going to kick off and ah, then you can Fingers crossed. How you're doing fingers crossed. Well. But uh, definitely I'm going to take you on that. Uh, take that definitely uh, as something we should definitely do. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. All right. All right. Hey, thank, thank you, you so man. Thank you for doing this. Man. All right. Yeah.